0: This is episode 187, and we're going to talk about difficult people at work, how to deal with it, how to navigate it, how to make the most of it, and when it's time to step away or step aside. Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role? Build the confidence and competence to lead your team successfully and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization. That's the question, and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shah, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress and dread, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment. And this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders who know how to lead so everyone wins and grows. In the show, you learn how to think, communicate, and act as the confident and competent leader you know you can be. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. This episode will release right after the Thanksgiving break in the U.S. So for those of you who did celebrate Thanksgiving in the U.S., I hope you had a good time with family, friends, loved ones, or just time to yourself to recover, rejuvenate, and spend some time outside of the office. I always enjoy this week quite a lot because no one's really working. There's a lot of people who are traveling a lot of people who are out of office and they are really shutting down for the Thanksgiving break. And it makes things quiet. It's not the holidays yet. So no, none of the holiday events and holiday things are on the horizon, at least not for me. And it always feels like a good time to take stock of you know, how far have I come this year? What's left to get done before the year ends? And so I'm very much into that mode of, oh my gosh, I have a long list of things I still want to get done before we close out the year. I have some fun and exciting things come up in my personal life. I have some interesting and fun things come up in my work life. And I want to give it one last final sprint. Not to say that that's the best way or the only way to go about it. But if you feel similarly, then we're in the same boat and you got a friend cheering you on and hoping you give it all you got so that once the holiday season starts, you are feeling really good to reflect back on the year and are proud of your achievements. As you often hear me talk about, and I know we're going to get to the difficult people here in a moment, but if you're a regular listener, then you probably have heard me talk about It being a lot more important to think about how you want to show up than to think about the result you want to achieve. So let's take the podcast as an example. Instead of saying, I want to grow my audience or my subscriber list by an additional 10% before the year end, which I can't control, I will instead focus on what will I do that then increases the chances that I actually achieve that end goal. So I really focus on all the things I have 100% control over, all the behaviors, all the actions, the thoughts or the mindset that fuels those actions that is 100% within me to choose every single day, every hour, every minute to show up and say, okay, on the one hand, I'm going to look at what do people actually want to hear about? Difficult people is one of them talk about these things on the podcast in a somewhat unfiltered, honest way, keeping it tactical and concise so that my listeners, most of them are pretty busy people, will have a quick boost of information, insights, and hopefully ideas on how they can better show up at work. So those are the things that are within my control. Um, so what I do is within my control. That's what I really want to focus on. And that then is what I will celebrate at the end of the year way more so than celebrating any outcome that I might have achieved that was outside of my control. So, I will be proud if I did what I said I was going to do, independent of whether or not that grew my audience. Just use the podcast here as an example. And as I'm talking, I realize I could probably record another episode on goal setting, goal tracking, and what actually provides us that sense of achievement, and what we often do completely backwards uh, when it comes to goal setting and the expectations we have when we think about achieving those goals. That though is not going to be an episode in its own instead. I think I'm going to just sprinkle this in into this episode as I just did and the next few episodes that will release before year end. So stay tuned, little cliffhanger there. Let's talk about the difficult people at work, though. This is something that, as I was recently reflecting on, the most listened podcast episodes of 2023. My executive assistant, who is way more than an executive assistant, to be honest, uh, she said that people really like, or maybe better a better word would be, to say, "seek out, the episodes that evolve around difficult relationships, difficult people, difficult conversations. So I will provide you with a bit of a different perspective on this today. We will link in the show notes to all the past episodes that had to do with those difficult relationships or difficult conversations. So you can catch them as well if you want to either re-listen or if you've never listened to them before. But what I want to talk to you about today is what can you do? Just like with the goals of the things that I might have in my list of goals that are not 100% within my control. That takes away of some of my power, some of my focus, because whether people will subscribe or listen to my podcast is not fully even in my control. The same is true with difficult people. The more that we try to think about how we can change their behavior, the more we give away our own power, because we're expecting and we will find satisfaction or that sense of like accomplishment or achievement only when we see change in others. And whether or not someone else wants to change is not up to us, it's up to them. And actually, when it comes to behavioral change, behavioral change is pretty tough. By the way, I did a LinkedIn learning course on behavioral change. We should link to that in the show notes as well. I'm plugging that in here as a product placement, I guess. Uh, So that's one. And behavioral change is hard. Changing, trying to change someone else's behavior. Is even harder, if not impossible. The other person really needs to understand that there's an issue with a set behavior, that they really want to change that behavior because they see the impact it has that they don't wanna they don't wanna create. And then they need to know how to change that behavior and the benefits that they will gain from having changed the behavior at the end of it. So that is a lot of work that they need to do that we can't control. We can influence, but we can't control it. So instead, what I want to talk to you about today is what can you do? So all the things that you have, that you have 100% control over. And I want to start here. The so-called the difficult people, in air quotes, are inevitable. We will all come across them at some point in our lives, if not over and over again. And if you have career ambitions and want to climb the ladder or have your own company or achieve something um, in your field that is hard to do, you will have pushback at some point and you will deal with people who, have, who are driven by their egos, and hence we call them difficult people, who are narcissists, who are um, selfish, who are bullies, who have an inflated ego, and the list goes on. There is, from an organizational perspective, from an organizational structure, there's a higher concentration of such people at the top, and there are fewer people, so it's less likely for you to be able to navigate around them. If you have a leadership team of seven people, there's likely someone on the leadership team who you perceive to be, again, air quote, difficult. And the sooner that you learn how to be and work with people, that Trigger you that upset you that you find rude or disrespectful, the easier it will be for the rest of your career to navigate such situations again it's inevitable the sooner you learn it the better for you now of course, and I said this in the intro it's also to keep in mind that there's a time for you to step away or walk away from such situations because it starts to negatively impact you but let's get to other things first when you meet someone that you find difficult to read or difficult to interact with, answer the following questions. And really, this should be the basics. This is the first thing to do. What do they want? And what do they like? Two crucial questions to ask yourself. What do they want? And what do they like? And then you have to ask yourself, Who or how do I want to be around them? For some people, you might say, I want to be a respected person. I want to be assertive. I want to be loud or vocal around them. I want to be really clear on my boundaries around them. Or you could also say, I want to be somewhat easygoing or I want to be casual around them, or I want to be tolerant around them, or you, I just want to minimize the amount of interactions around them, right? So whatever that is, decide for yourself, who do you want to be or how do you want to be? And so after answering what do they want and what do they like, you ask yourself, who do you want to be? And then you ask one more question, how will I be most effective? So that is the basic set of questions you're going to ask yourself and get really clear on. Oftentimes when I'm coaching clients around difficult people or difficult conversations, they've never really taken a moment to step back and say, okay, what do they really want? And they may say something to me like, well, they want to have a successful department or they want to trim costs by 20%. Or they want to be the loudest in the room. They always wanted things to go their way, or they want to mitigate all kinds of risks. Those are typical answers that I get. They're all good answers, but don't stop there. Stay with it for a moment. Why do they want to mitigate all risks? What is it that they want to avoid or what is it that they want to gain? Do they, would they rather not lose or would they rather win when it's, when it's about Uh, cutting costs. Why do they want to cut costs? Why does this matter to them? And why now? Really get to the core of it. Ask a lot of questions in your own mind to better understand their position. Do the same with what do they like? When do I see them happy? When do I see them work well with others? When do I see them at their best in terms of like their actual expertise or, or how they show up? So those are things that they like. Maybe they have hobbies or other things that you want to include there. So expand your thinking on those two questions. Then get clear on how you want to show up because that will ground you and set the tone for who you are going to be in that relationship without uh, being reactive to them and let their reactiveness dictate however you show up. It should be your values, your principles. And... A strategic play here of what do you think will work best with that person? And that ties right into that last question that I asked you to think about, which is how will I be most effective? What we don't want to focus on is how comfortable you feel. What you would like to do that would make it the easiest or be the best case situation for you. That is less important here than to figure out how will you be the most effective? What do you need to do and not do in order to get the work done or for you to get their buy-in or for you to have a relationship that where information flows two ways or you can collaborate with or a relationship where you're not stressed all the time or reacting to them all the time. If that's the end goal, how will you be most effective? Okay, so those are all things that you have to put on paper and not just think through it on your head. Write it down. And every once in a while, when you feel challenged by that person or you're confused of why they did what they did, pull up that document again, read what you previously wrote. That's why it's really important that you write it down and then add to it. Maybe ask more questions or add a question mark to something you said before that you're now not sure or add more observations with every interaction. Every time you speak to them, every time some challenge comes up, it's a moment to learn more about them capture it. Maybe also reading it will help you reframe or see the situation in a different light. As a caring and driven manager, I know you want to strengthen your leadership skills, advance your career, and lead a high-performing, engaged team. And in order to do that, as a leader, you need to lead with a system, not by shooting from your hips or reacting to everyone else around you. To do so, you need to first... Learn what should go into a leadership system and second, develop your own. Now, the good news is that I teach you one must have part in your leadership system in a concise, actionable, and yet comprehensive course focused on running successful one-on-one meetings with your direct reports. It includes over 67 minutes of tactical leadership training plus a set of resources to make this as easy and immediately applicable for you as possible. You can either watch the video lessons or listen to it through a private podcast feed on your phone. You can get your hands on this course, which I want every single manager to have, for a nominal $19 at RamonaShaw.com slash That's two times the number one. You can check the show notes for the details or head on over to RamonaShaw.com slash one one to get started right now. Now, those are productive ways to engage in such a situation. What is not productive and yet what I see a lot of people do, you know, and I've definitely fallen into that trap myself too, because it's a human way to behave. Uh, I'm less concerned with whether or not we're doing it, but how fast we notice that we're doing it and are able to get ourselves out of what I'm going to call here a bit of a, a vicious cycle. So the vicious cycle that we can step into that makes work with difficult people harder than it needs to be, harder than it should be, is that we lock ourselves into the belief that we are working with a difficult person. So earlier I kept saying like the quotation marks, because I know that. Most of us will label such people as difficult people in our minds. The more that we say, this is toxic, this person is difficult, I can't believe they're such a narcissist, they're such a fool, or they're such a, they're so selfish, or whatever word you use to describe them, or the, the relationship or the situation, the more you lock yourself into this storyline the language that you use is really powerful the words that you repeat to yourself or in your head over and over again they shape your way of making sense of reality the words that you use and the associated ideas and concepts and ways of seeing and interpreting our experiences make up our realities so how you describe an experience, how you describe an interaction, the labels that you use, the concepts that float in your mind, the more you think about them, the more they create your reality. And, and it will be the self-fulfilling prophecy because you're now creating a structure of what the world is like and your brain will naturally, that's the way our brains are wired will take all the information out there and see how it fits into the structure. It will not see the things that don't fit fit into the structure or that would even contradict that the structure is what it is. This will be a fertile ground for all kinds of biases that we as humans are exposed to and affected by. So watch your words and how you talk about this person and this situation. Imagine you're in the mountains in a house, you open the door, it's a whole field full of fresh, freshly fallen powdered snow. It comes up to your knees and you see two cars on the parking lot, a really crappy Toyota Corolla and a brand new Lexus, let's say. You want to go to the Lexus, but every time you get upset, you stare at the Corolla and you start with your feet walking towards the Corolla. And every time you think about this person being difficult, this situation being annoying, it being toxic or whatever that might be, you're walking towards the Toyota. And so the path from your house to the Toyota will become this beautifully paved path that's really easy to walk on. So every time you get out of the house, your Lexus will soon be covered in snow. You won't even see it. And the Toyota Corolla will be right there. The Lexus is still over there and there's maybe a few other cars right there too. There might be a Honda in there or a Volvo somewhere, but you're walking towards the Toyota. And so all you start to see is open the house, the path to the Toyota, and that's what you will continue to walk because that's all that is there and all that you see. So your words and the way that you describe to others what's going on may will feel good in the moment. But as the saying goes, it comes with a hangover. It won't benefit you and the relationship in the long run. So be really mindful. And this is part of the skill that you have to develop in order to be effective in working with so-called difficult people. The more that you buy into the storyline, the harder the situation will be. It'll be emotionally draining. You feel your energy drained. You feel more stressed in such situations. You likely also won't show up at your best. Every time you're interacting with them or they're even just participating in a meeting, maybe your energy gets depleted or you get more nervous or whatever that may be. So you're the one suffering from it. You're the one who's really taking the consequences because chances are that this other person doesn't care at all and they're going about their day just fine. But you're here, the one navig- trying to navigate it and not feeling at your best. So your work here is really twofold. One, ask yourself these important questions we talked about in the beginning. And then to learn to control the narrative in your head about the situation or about this person, be as factual as possible, identify any kind of story that you make up, interpretations that you have, things you take out of proportion. If you're so far down that rabbit hole where you're not sure what is real and what isn't real, you can give the facts to a friend and say, what do you think about that? And if they say, I, I, I don't know, it's not a big deal, happened to me before, you probably notice that they're not getting as triggered as you. So you have an emotional load that you carry with it. The fact is, hey, I sent them five emails and they have not responded. They canceled the last three one-on-one meetings with me. Someone else might say like, yeah, they, they might just be really busy. Uh, they might have something going on in their personal life. I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't just focus on what you do best. Let it go. Don't worry about it. But for you, it might be such a disrespectful behavior or feeling neglected, feeling devalued, whatever that may be. That's the load that you carry. And the good news with that is you can also drop that load when you're ready for it. So let me highlight this one more time. The skill for you to develop, and it's if you want to climb the ranks, the sooner that you do this, the better it'll be for you, the more you'll benefit, is to... Be really mindful of the words that you use to describe this and who you talk to this about, the path that you pave. Are you looking for a Honda or a Volvo somewhere in there? Are you, Or are you focused on the Lexus? Or are you continuously walking to the Corolla and paving this beautiful path? Fully aware, I do this work myself too. This is easier said than done. And I have yet to meet a person who, maybe Dalai Lama (laughs) and a few other, will really master this most of us so-called like normal people this is likely a lifelong journey we'll get better at over time but we have to be really conscious about it and i have a difficult relationship in my personal life or a difficult situation i can see how oh it'd be so easy to walk to the corolla but hold on a second there's gotta be a lexus there's gotta be a hundred and few other cars in between where are they Let me stay open-minded. Let me look for them. Let me try to walk to those cars because I'm going to like them better once I get there versus defaulting to the Toyota. So we have to do this. This is deliberate work. It's not automatic for most of us. When you aren't able to do this and you're in that mindset of, oh, this is really difficult. It's really hard. So if if you're unable to do this, you likely miss out on opportunities. Opportunities to learn, opportunities for self-reflection. Uh, And opportunities for personal growth, because the growth and that resilience mechanism that we all have built in, when we get triggered, or again, when we jump into that vicious cycle or on that vicious cycle, then that mechanism, that growth mechanism gets hijacked by by our threat and survival-based systems. And and that survival-based system and thinking process is supposed to be short-term. So we can have a difficult interaction at the grocery store or on the freeway and we get upset for a moment. That is okay, right? We get triggered. We may curse for a second, but then we're fine. It, they're intended to be short-term. But when they're long-term and you're in such situations and you can't get out of it for weeks, months, some people, years, that process, that hijacking will likely deplete your resources. And that's when we start to feel either resentment and we disengage. Uh, We we may lose motivation to be there. We may get really angry and frustrated ourselves, or we may lose confidence because we start to now doubt ourselves and whether or not we can actually live up to the job or we can handle it. Or they may say things about us that we start to believe. Also the chances are high that we start to feel stressed out or overwhelmed or just anxious and sort of threat the monday mornings because of such situations if they last for a long time. If you notice you're in such a situation you even though even with what I just shared today here you, you've tried this or you will try this and it's not getting any better I you know highly recommend help in, looking for help internally Sometimes that is an HR department. Sometimes this is a supervisor or a trusted colleague. Watch out though with coworkers because that can backfire. So I'm being a bit mindful here. If you, if you have a friend, that might be better. Hire a coach, work with someone externally to walk through strategies and really lean into this opportunity that will help you not just in that one situation, but will help you in tricky situation, people, people issues down the road as well. But seek that help and if it that also isn't available or doesn't work, you have to have that tough conversation with yourself of how long am I willing and able to tolerate this and then when am I stepping away? So transitioning into a different department or role where you have less interaction or you're not exposed to the situation or you'll actually walk away. Uh, and I've shared this a few times here before, the the confidence that you built about yourself that healthy level of confidence is a huge asset. And when you start to doubt yourself because of another person that you're interacting with and you start your your confidence erode, that is a warning sign. That There's a red, red flag, hold on, this is got to pay attention. It's like money flowing out of your bank account. You have to have that hard stop. It's like, hold, hold on, where is this going? What are we doing here? This is not healthy. And some people who've been in difficult or what they would label toxic, Relationships for a long time. For some people, this takes a long time to rebuild that level of confidence uh, that they once had. This can easily be six to 12 months of work, of coaching, of sort of personal reflection, self development, or professional growth to get back into that space. So don't take that lightly. But let's end on a high note or on a hopeful note. The real prompt that I want to provide here, and, and I hope you pick this up is focus on the things that you can control. You're way more served doing so. Ask yourself the questions and then be mindful of the narrative in your head, the words that you use to talk about and think about this situation and then decide from there what to do next. If you have follow-up questions, hit me up on LinkedIn or Instagram, see the show notes or send me an email at contact at Ramona Shaw. Dot .com. If you're interested in talking about your particular situation and you want to engage or discuss what coaching could look like, schedule a strategy call. We'll do that as well. These are good situations to leverage a coach and an external coach to help you navigate the current situation you're dealing with, but also help you really build your own self-awareness in such situations, help you understand the dynamic and help you build the skills that you'll need to really leverage this as a learning opportunity and navigate it with greater ease in the future. So that's the episode for today. If you're in it to finish strong, go for it. If you're ready to slow down and close out the year, good for you too. I hope um, you'll tune in again though next week with another episode of the Manager Track Podcast. Bye for now. If you enjoyed this episode, then check out two other awesome resources to help you become a leader people love to work with. This includes my best-selling book, The Confident and Competent New Manager, which you can find on Amazon or at RamonaShaw.com slash book, and a free training on how to successfully lead as a new manager. You can check it out at RamonaShaw.com slash masterclass. These resources and a couple more you'll find in the show notes down below.